On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. For this latest installment of On the Record with April Ryan, I am so pleased. I am so pleased to have with me the one, the only, uh, comedic excellence uh, just in, in her movement, in her breathing, the great Kathy Griffin. Hello, Kathy. So I'm giving myself a, like a standing ovation. Oh, I love her. She's great. April, it is my honor to talk to you. You're a living legend. I, don't I know love about that. that you are. You are. I'm, I'm following you on Twitter, and I love when you post photos of yourself getting an award or going to fabulous con- conferences. Mm. So um, I will say, um, however, what I ever I say on this conversation is to the best of my recollection. <laughs> I mean, April, have I actually been in more, like, legal issues than the, I call him the accidental president? I mean, how how dumb is this idiot that he actually puts on Twitter, I basically did it, or maybe I didn't, to the best of my recollection? I mean, come on. But, you know, but come that's what lawyers, are, these lawyers are advising, not only the president, but those around him to include his children to the best of your recollection, recollection so they like don't get in trouble legally. Order. You know, you're right. right. You're absolutely right. So I'm just waiting for like the scene, like Law and Order, where it's Don Jr. and he's in a van and he's unloading something with boxes, and then um, State Benson and Stabler come up and they ask him, and he like gets nervous and drops the box, and it's just letters from Paul Manafort. Mm. I mean, this whole thing has gotten so crazy that um, you cannot write the script. You cannot write the script. So speaking of Paul Manafort, um, the news is out that. or Manafort, as, as they call him on the apparently the login sheet over there at the Ecuadorian embassy. Manafort, Paul Manafort, not Manafort. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you you make you wonder, saying, okay, is there a problem? Because things are now so like complicated, and it's like what yeah. used to be normal. It's like, okay, so could it really be a Paul Manafort versus a Paul Manafort? Right. And it's like, no, uh-huh. it's too coincidentally just messed it up. That's all. So yeah, um, one letter. Let's go with it, Your Honor. Yeah. So. There is a chance that Paul Manafort could be pardoned now. Uh, particularly, they waited to see, you know, uh, if he would go against the president or what he would do. And now, even Mueller believes that he's such a liar that they just said, "Go on and sentence him." He just can't. Even, they can't trust anything that he says. So Paul Manafort may uh, get a pardon. What do you think about that indictment? Meaning, I, you know, look, if if, if Joe Arpaio can get a pardon, mm. then obviously. You know, anyone can. But, I mean, I'm just hoping, like everybody else, that if Manafort gets a, a pardon, then that's got to blow the lid off at least Mueller's team just indicting POTUS without him sitting down. I mean, I'm kind of of the school uh, that has faith that Mueller's team has enough to indict Trump without doing an interview. Although I find it fascinating that his, um, quote, homework questions took so long. By the way, in my business, that doesn't work. If I can't come up with an act in like, how long do they have those questions? Like a year or something? Guess what? I don't sell tickets. But the president, oh, is that the president calling? Oh, that's the president calling, but it's not no more. <laughs> He's is not calling. Is it Ford? No, it was the president. It was the president. It was the president. He knows that I'm talking to you. He knows I'm talking to you. Oh, God. I don't know how you put up with that. I really don't. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that there's some, you know, what scares me as just a regular citizen, citizen is, you know, hearing all the things that, 
you know, are, quote, norms and things that aren't, like, written into law, like, you know, what will it take if the president starts pardoning his own, you know, collaborators in what we feel is multiple federal crimes, but also changing not only the current stature of our country, but, you know, it's no longer sort of a a crazy, wacky theory to think that we may be walking towards authoritarianism. And I know you've traveled the world, and I've traveled the world, and I think, frankly, a lot of Americans that haven't traveled, and it's not their fault, they kind of don't They haven't really taken that in. And we also remember, we've never been invaded. We've never had anything like this. And so one of the things that I worry about is something like a Manafort pardon. And then we know if that's coming, then there's a Don Jr. pardon, and then it's, you know, game on. And at what point and what entity comes in and says, this is how you fix it. And I think it's doable, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't. You know, I understand they're like figuring things out, but at some point, you know, uh, I'm I can't wait till January third. But I understand that everybody the Dems have to walk and chew gum at the same time, and also he's so unpredictable, as you know. And I've I've known that fool for like twenty years off and on, and I think it's one of the reasons he came after me. But I wait a minute. Let's really now, now, now let's let's okay. Let's talk about that, and and let's talk yeah. about how you've known because a lot of people talked about knowing him and uh, prior yeah. to this and. And prior to him becoming president, before he became political, mm-hmm. when he was a tabloid real estate mogul who was dealing with Marla versus Ivana and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a lot of people and, and you felt comfortable enough to him to, to make jokes that kind of landed you in, in, in hot water that you are. Oh, there was a time of. I felt comfortable enough to touch his hair. Like I used to. And I'm, trust me, I don't, I'm not saying this in a positive way. I'm, I don't want to give him any uh, positive energy at all. But, you know, he was the type of guy that I would run into at NBC Universal events. And he would be making the rounds at television credit school awards. And I was there for Suddenly Susan or My Life on the D-List or one of my specials or my talk show. And that was all NBC Universal and he'd be there for The Apprentice. And I, I had met him, you know, prior to The Apprentice, because as you may know, you know, uh, he would show up to the opening of an envelope. And um, I think if he wasn't president, he would be walking down Fifth Avenue with a sandwich board that just said, look at me, look at me, look at me. So he's always been just a joke within the television industry and the show business industry. I'm sorry, the Hollywood elite. So it is definitely um, a, a tragic twist to see this guy that at least I can say the Hollywood community certainly never took seriously. And the Trump that I knew was just a shallow, very aggressively stupid, uninformed, like joke. You know, he was just one of those guys that was boisterous and he was a joke. And the reason, you know, I've talked about like sitting next to him for four hours at an event for Larry King and, you know, like having to listen to his like crazy ramblings and, him kind of looking around and like not quite knowing, acting like he didn't quite know what was going on, but he was just happy to be around people looking at him. And that's, you know, that's who he is. I mean, I admit I did not know any of the racial stuff because remember for a long time in, especially like in the nineties, the African-American community was sort of sidling up to him and he was hanging with Diddy. And I think unfortunately that is, and I'm not saying he planned it, but I think that's what fooled a lot of white people into thinking like, oh, well, he might be an idiot, but we don't think he has racial issues. But so yeah, but he, was, he, he owned uh, uh, entertainment complexes where these yes. rappers and these singers would would perform and they right. were money makers for him. So there was a connection there. But it's in There's some, a connection there. Yeah. And, that, and, and I think a lot of white people didn't realize that stuff was transactional because if you look at the, you know, taking the ads out about the Central Park Five, and then you 
years later, you see him hanging with Diddy. I think the kind of the thought was like, oh, he's evolved in some way or he's grown up in some way or now that he's exposed to people of color, you know, little did we know that he's he's got this this gene that is deeply, deeply racist. And the way he's so attracted to people that are racist, I would really like us to move beyond the, well, I don't think he's a real racist. I think he just has this agenda for it. I, I don't know what more it takes. I think he's a stone-cold racist and, you know, uh, can address a lot of things that would buy him a lot of good, as W would say, political capital, but he chooses not to. So the lying, the racism, the not being able to manage a simple, you know, statement, much less a tweet. You know, it's also insane that um, I'm looking forward, number one, to when, when politics is, quote, boring, but I'm also looking forward to truly cleaning house. And one thing I'm afraid of is, as a nation, and honestly, I'm hoping that Bob Mueller isn't kind of of the school of, you know, remember in the in the Nixon-Ford days, like, oh, you don't really want to go through an impeachment trial. It's bad for the country. Not this time. I'm sorry. My whole message with Trump is this one really is different. Everything about him is different. Like, we thought Nixon was bad. I remember watching those hearings as a little kid and, you know, thinking, wow, this is shocking. But what Trump is doing is so bad and is so bad globally that, you know, I, I hope people really get it, what that means and how it affects their everyday lives. And how do we start to educate people that regulations are good for them? All these people that go to these rallies going, yeah, regulations are bad. No, regulations give you clean air and water. And they don't just give them, they don't just, you know, these all these rich people that wanted the tax scam. I don't know how they think that their water is somehow exempt from the lack of regulations, you know, all, all that other stuff. I don't know why so many people are still buying him at all. So I want to, I want to, and, and that's a, that's a, that's a point that a lot of people are trying to grapple with in 2018 as we go into 2019 looking at how the political landscape in Washington has changed because people are now coming out saying not again not anymore we're not going to go through this so we've seen yeah. the house totally change uh, you know major historic shifts minorities women um, who have now had a political voice because of what they've Thank seen Thank God it's right. about time So with you and, and, and you you were one of those who came out at the very beginning and you know, you came out <laughs> right out the gate. Yeah, right Very out the early. gate. Free Weinstein, free me too. <laughs> <laughs> you came out right at the gate. And then you went through a period, but you had a very successful uh, comedy show uh, that, that, that did a. You, you went around the, 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 the country and in Canada, correct? Oh, and Mexico. And Mexico, yes. I did two shows in Mexico. And it was so funny. I swear, I just did them to spite him. And yet they were, you know, fantastic. But yeah, I ended up playing 18 countries. And I got to tell you, it would be heartbreaking to me when every single foreign country that I played, you know, the minute they would hear my American accent anywhere, a cafe or anywhere I'd be, they'd say, what's going on with you guys? And, you know, I'd sort of have to try to explain it in my way and gerrymandering and all this other stuff. But what what really broke my heart, I'm sure you've, you've read the reports after our midterms, that so many of our allies were saying, oh, well, I guess the message is clear. Yes, they flipped the House, but the Senate is now more Trump, frankly, or rather more Republican than it used to be. And I, I, I that's kind of my new thing is what's it going to take for Americans to understand it actually does affect their daily lives when the rest of the world sees people like Cindy Hyde-Smith winning. 
and they go, okay, you know what, maybe I don't want to trade with the United States anymore. Maybe, you know, as a comedian, maybe we don't want an American comedian coming over here, because what if she believes what, you know, Cindy Hyde-Smith believes? And that is the sort of long-lasting effect that Trump, in my opinion, has no concept of, because he's, as I call him, he's not just stupid, he's Britney Spears, aggressively stupid. And I love Brittany April. I really do. She's a very sweet girl. But I'm just saying we shouldn't have a president that um, is not as smart as Britney Spears. So that's like a message that I feel like, you know, kind of like so many people I'm sure have expressed to you and they come up to me and it's like the every day I wake up and I'm afraid to look at my phone to see what he's done now or what he said now. And I don't understand how we are the majority feeling stressed and worried and concerned. And, you know, the border crisis is probably Mm -hmm. the most egregious. But then when you talk about Jamal Khashoggi, it's like, uh, gosh, it's a horse race out of all the heinous things that Mm -hmm. can be done. And I just, I don't know. I, I think that all I can do as a comic who takes the stage is just tell people, like, we know it's happening. We're doing the best we can. There's this crazy system. And also, uh, you know, uh, it's something that I, I really didn't know, and I'm happy to say I was naive. I didn't know the Republicans have had this, frankly, long game since the freaking Civil Rights Act. You know, it does seem like that long game strategy with the gerrymandering and the suppression that's been happening quietly at the state legislature level, and then we, you know, have people that think elections are only every four years, like all that stuff. I mean, if there's going to be any good side of Trump, there are more sort of civilian folks that are going, oh, midterms matter. You know, elections, I always tell my friends, no, no, elections are every year. They're not every two, they're not every four. And so if there's anything positive, we're all becoming more aware, but let's all become more aware while helping get this team out, the whole team, because I don't think President Pence is the answer. Hmm. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, and before we even go there, um, Britney Spears, I love some of her, her music, so I'm going to give her some love. Um, love her, yeah, love. love her. I'm going to give I'm going to so give Britney awesome. Spears some love. But 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 going back to you, you know, and it's interesting. I have watched, you know, and we talked about this. You know, I used to watch your D list, you know, and I watched mm-hmm. you rise. I watched you on the on the. Um, New Year's programs, I would watch yeah. you there, and then and then what happened, you know, with with what you posted on social media, you were very remorseful, and the reaction from Trump supporters and fans was 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 seismic. Yeah, it was seismic. Yeah, and also remember, you know, it's been such an educational thing for me as well because mm-hmm. I couldn't have even imagined that the president of the United States would be doing side deals with people like David Pecker from AMI. And now I'm realizing, oh, that's why there were so many hit pieces on me after the photo in everything from obviously the Globe and the Inquirer to Us Weekly. But unfortunately, in my industry, they think Us Weekly is like the New York Times. So it may seem like frivolous or a big deal, get over it. It actually matters. And then, you know, the blog TMZ, you know, when I called out long before anyone, two people at TMZ told me that Harvey Levin, the guy who started the blog TMZ, is talks to the president personally, personally a couple times a week. I started saying it, and everyone said, you know, Kathy Griffin's unhinged, which 
I always say I've never had hinges, so that does not offend me. Um, but then, the, you know, I'm sure you read the Daily Beast piece where Harvey Levin says, oh, I consider myself to be the president's personal publicist. That's how, you know, that's one of the things that really exacerbated my situation, put me in grave danger. I just had two police officers come to my house again about 10 days ago. Mm. And I don't mean call. I don't mean sent an email. I mean banging on the door you know, about another, what they deem to be a credible threat. So one of the things that is part of my message is these Trump folks and their sort of ancillary voices, you know, I didn't even know that there are YouTube channels with straight up Nazis that have like a ton of viewers. I didn't know that, you know, I didn't even know who these people were, Cernovich and Kessler and like all those folks that mobilize and, you know, I mean, I, I knew what Pizzagate was, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that now they're QAnon and they're keeping the party going. And oh, they're conspiracy so theories. They're they're crazy ideas yeah. and and all sorts of things. And we're in a time that if you make a sepia tone photo, you would think it's back in the fifties and sixties. But we're yeah. in a crazy time that this is we're going through growing pains. There is that underbelly that's rising back up, and the question is, how do you deal with it? And you know, we and are, will they go away right. or will they be more emboldened? And were right. they, did they always feel this way, or was there something that got triggered in them? I don't know. I mean, look, I'll be honest. I'm I'm one of those Americans that I have you know I have relatives that don't speak to me anymore and I have relatives that frankly I don't want to speak to anymore <laughs> I don't want to hear their their MAGA BS because I know it's BS I know him I know their game like I said I have been through you know a uh, two federal investigations where I was questioned under oath mm-hmm. so all these people that are like oh why is she whining maybe the Secret Service called her one time no no hundreds of thousands of dollars of legal bills the death threats continue to this day I had several incidents on my uh, world tour, and like I said, I went to 18 countries. Mm. I had a guy in Houston with a MAGA hat wielding a knife outside the front of the theater just trying to stab people. I had a guy in my Philadelphia show that was kind of like one of those Laurel Loomer types where I found out later he had to go fund me and he didn't even live in Philly and he got enough money to go to Philly and try to disrupt my show and Mm. luckily we took care of it in like 90 seconds. But the point I'm... I'm, The stuff is real. It's real. And it's still happening even though my little photo of a mask and ketchup was a year and a half ago and that's what what i think frightens me as just a citizen is trump now knows how to do you know the dog whistle and he now knows the players that will perpetuate it and they are not i mean they're everyone from jerome corsi someone whose name i had never heard up until maybe you know a month ago but then you never know it's like some dude one of these like charlottesville dudes that has a youtube channel mm-hmm. and you know, frankly, I am very anxious to see what happens with the social media entities. I'm questioning the uh, motivations of people like Jack Dorsey and Sheryl Sandberg, who I used to look up to as a female businesswoman, and obviously Zuckerberg. And, you know, the fact that um, when I read Clint Lott's book, I didn't know that Putin tried this, like, their version of Facebook disinformation on his own countrymen first, and that's where he perfected it well let me say this um when you talk about you know uh the the one side versus the other you know um there is a division there is a division people are now so extreme the sides are so extreme Mm. where do we fall in the middle i mean i'm sure in, in 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 your quest to continue to be you uniquely you and do your job and make people laugh to take them away from a lot of this everyday crazy 
Yeah. Where do you think, how do you feel? And, and you started with the apology about the, the head and the ketchup. Which I take back vehemently. You take, oh, you take that you know. back now. Oh, I absolutely take back that apology. I mean, first of all, that apology was quite literally for Daniel Pearl's mother. Like, that's when Rosie O'Donnell called me and said, you should apologize. What if Daniel Pearl's mother saw that photo? Having performed in Iraq and Afghanistan, Kuwait, Uzbekistan, that's why I made the apology. Mm -hmm. Then when I realized that the right wing really weaponized that tape and made me part of anti-Joel Ossoff ads, and now I'm part of, you know, I was in all the ads for midterms, the national ads, the GOP, but um, as far as how do you how do we kind of all come back together in the I, midst of I your protest the, in the midst of your your vocal disdain or dislike, but yet healing mm-hmm. trying to you, you you speak your truth and this is a nation where we are allowed to speak our truth um, and sometimes there are consequences but we're allowed to speak our truth but then in the midst yeah. of wanting heal wanting to heal how do we do that in your opinion I think. I think, first of all, I, I think, look, this may not be a popular answer, but there, like I said, it's kind of like saying, how do you civil, settle the Civil War? I'm sorry, one side has to win, and the side that is correct has to win, and then we come together. But as far as reaching across the aisle, I think this whole business of us trying to understand the angry white working class white guy in Pennsylvania, I'm so sick of that freaking guy. Okay, I'm a 50-year-old woman in a male-dominated field who's been called every name in the book, who's been meeting more times than I can count and times up. I don't give a crap about that guy. So I, I'm sorry. That guy needs to be suppressed just in the way that the racist South, you know, folks in the South, which spurned the Civil War, they, they nobody, there was, you know, there was no uh, compromise. They were just, they just lost. And then our world started to get a little bit better. And so I'm sorry, there's no meeting in the middle with the Charlottesville protesters. Uh, by the way, all the Charlottesville Police Department, and they're on my radar too, honey. They are on my list. How are there four arrests after Charlottesville? How is there not every single one of those thousand boys arrests? You know, so I'm looking at that going, I'm not trying to reach the Charlottesville crowd. I'm trying to reach the Heather Heyer crowd and go, hey, let's try to protect ourselves And eventually, if we can, frankly, really show these folks why what they're doing is wrong. And frankly, sometimes that means prison time. Um, I will say, like I said, I remember um, Watergate quite well. I was a kid, but I think something like 24 folks actually served time. And that did, it did change the country. I mean, look, I'm an unapologetic Jimmy Carter fan. So, you know, I I love him. I wish he was our president today. (laughs) The worst thing he did was, like, you know, have a peanut farm, and people thought that was scandalous. Um, And I've got a brother who drank a little. But, you know, I think that that's what we have to go through, and people don't want to deal with it. The right side of history has to win, and then we can have the kumbaya, let's all get back together. And as the country turns more brown and more diverse as the house is, it's going to be a more natural thing. So I don't think it's got to be this... I'm going to keep trying to convince the voter in Michigan who believes that Hillary Clinton has a child sex ring. I I think that person is, I don't want to say lost or has to be marginalized, but remember, we saw it with Nixon. There were Nixon defenders until, you know, he died in San Clemente. And those folks, 
you know, they're, they're, they became a smaller group and a smaller group. And folks that have that kind of hatred in their heart and the folks that send me death threats, and I'm sure you get some, I, I don't want to talk to them. And they need to learn what you're doing is wrong. And if you don't stop, you don't have a place in the society. You're not going to be welcome. You can't go to the Deplora Ball. You can't go to Charlottesville in March. You can't go to Orange County and make it the Orange Curtain because we just flipped all of Orange County, okay? Like, that's... That's how vigilant I feel we have to be for this moment. And then, honestly, I think there will be a more organic kumbaya, like I said. And I think the the beauty of it is I think it's going to be racial. I think it's the more the country turns to a place where women have more power, people of color have more power, and everybody looks around and goes, hey, all these families are blended. That's what we're supposed to be. You know, we got one guy fighting it, and it's our whole foundation. We're supposed to be the melting pot. Remember when that was such a great thing? America is a melting pot. Well, we're still a melting pot, so stop trying to make us unmelt. So, Kathy, two things I want to ask you. Last two questions. Yeah. What would you say to President Trump if you had an audience of one? <laughs> uh, well, I can't say it. I can't say it on this show. Okay. <laughs> but it, it would have um, colorful language. And it would be very specific, and it would be vicious. Like, it wouldn't be any kind of like a, um, you know, it wouldn't be mature. (laughs) And, um, you know, as I say, as God knows, I love Michelle Obama, and she's absolutely right. When they go low, we should go high. I would like to be the exception. I would go very low, not as low as Stormy. That was a joke. I love her. Stormy 2020. Mm. Stormy 2020. But I'm just saying it would not be pretty. But here's the thing that's funny. I would take him down in like 30 seconds because he's such an idiot. I'm so used to old, ugly white guys trying to go toe-to-toe with me, you know, comedically. And so it would be a very easy uh, takedown. Um, And I also will tell you the last time I actually did see him, he did the thing that all bullies do, which is as I was walking toward him for a gig where he hired me to roast him, at his golf course in Jersey, as I was walking toward him, he was like, oh, here she comes. I'm scared now. I would dissolve him into tears in 90 seconds. So wait a minute. When, when you saw him, when you were roasting him at his golf club in New, in New Jersey, he said, yeah. oh, here she comes. I'm scared. What? Yeah. And he took his two fingers and he kind of made like, you know, like the sign of the cross, like as if it was going to be an exorcism. And like, he was so scared of me. He's like, oh, oh here she comes. So... You know, I always tell people when he came after me, he he knew my style of comedy very, very well. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, I've known the guy off and on for a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. And that's ironic that, you know, the last time I actually spoke to him in person, that was the conversation was, you know, he was he was hosting an event. I was you know, the comedic headliner and um, the Liza Minnelli was literally the singer performing. Mm-hmm. And that day, you know, he was, he was all about taking pictures with us, you know, the Hollywood elite. He couldn't take enough pictures of himself with uh, me and Liza Minnelli. And yet when it came to like right before the performance, that's all he was expressing. Like, don't be too hard on me. It's not really a roast. It's like a toast. And I'm like, calm down, girl. Like I actually said to him, I go, calm down, girl. Oh, because like I said, he just wasn't someone that, Anyone in the right mind would think this guy will somehow work, work with the Russians <laughs> and become president. It just, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing because it actually happened. What do you want the Democrats to do come January? The Democrats to do is, you know, we, they're going to do what uh, I want them to do, which is 
you know, people don't understand that our team, we are used to walking and chewing gum at the same time. You're a woman of color. I'm a 58-year-old woman in a male field. You think I can just do one thing at a time and survive? Absolutely not. I got to be juggling. I got to be on the hamster wheel. And I think that's the good thing about our team is I think we're really realizing we need to be more unified than ever. No more Hillary people versus burners. And I think that's already happening with the Nancy Pelosi situation, which I'm very glad that that's settled. And last thing I need is Seth Moulton ruining my plan. And uh, <laughs> and so I think that it's time to get down to work. And the good thing is, I think everyone on our team is very excited to get down to work. I mean, obviously, you've got the um, Jerry Nadler's and the Adam Fitz and the Swalwells chomping at the bit. But you've also got the other folks that are, you know, really can't wait to dig into health care and keep up with our promises and like I said everything from the clean water to finding out like what's going on with Standing Rock and somebody sell that to what entity and I think there's a lot to get to the bottom of but I also think there's a lot of room for our team meaning Democrats to satisfy the voters and say yes we hear you we understand what you're saying and we are going to work on the issues the, the kitchen table issues that matter to you and, you know, we've got a nice big house that can do a lot of things at the same time, and we've got leadership, and I actually really like that now we've got old guard folks who know what they're doing and young young folks who are going to bring a brand new set of eyes to these issues, and when you look at the Republican side, it's the same old white guy dinosaurs. Oh, and Cindy Hyde-Smith. Don't get me started on that one again. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I just hope that, you know, I would advise that uh, if they ever, if, if, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders is worried about um, her incident at the Red Hen, then, you know, then if she sees me in a restaurant, she better just go to the ladies' room. And that's not a threat in any way. But, <laughs> I, you know, you see me at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I, I was confronting everyone from Wilbur Ross to, to uh, you know, Hogan Gidley. To, so I, after everything I've been through... And I know exactly what is legal and what is illegal. And I know exactly what the First Amendment covers and what it doesn't. As I say in my act, I may not know the other amendments so well, but I, I know that first one back and forth. So I certainly would have choice words for any of these folks. I look forward to running into them because I think I'm scared of them <laughs> after what I've been through. I'm not. So I think that, you know, um, unfortunately, what, only, what seems to work with the Trump gang and the liars like Kellyanne Conway, who's just a liar, is you kind of have to shame them. You know, I mean, if they want to live in the handmaid's tale, then fine, I'll be there too. And I'll be the one saying shame, shame, shame. So I say we have to shame them into absentia. Wow. Well, as someone who... You me. Radical. <laughs> as someone who has never... I, everyone talks about the handmaid's tale. I've never watched it. So it's like over my head. But what I will say, oh. what I will say is I appreciate your truth. And I appreciate... Um, you standing for what you believe in, whether people like it or not. We are a nation that has allowed us to demonstrate and to protest uh, to yeah. make this country uh, a better union. Uh, we the people are still forming a more perfect union. So it, yeah, yeah. So that's and the experiment yeah. was going very well. You know what I mean? They talk about the great experiment. So yeah. I also, by the way, look, we've had a serious conversation, but I also very much believe in doing it with humor. I mean, I have. Yeah a little merchandise store on my website and I sell hats that say resist and I sell coffee mugs that say F word Trump. And you know, some of that stuff makes people laugh. I have, I'm selling ornaments that say F word Trump and it just, it gives people a giggle, you know? And so there's also ways to just 
you can protest with laughter and you can protest with activism and you know my my thing is primarily laughter and it's been really fun hearing people you know write back and say you know what that gave me a chuckle or that that item made me laugh or i'm going to buy that that item and i'm going to wear it you know i'm going to wear my my anti-trump t-shirt secretly under my shirt you know at christmas or something like that so i go good if it makes you feel good and you're resisting good have a have a laugh and just keep marching forward kathy griffin i so appreciate you what's next for you What's next for me? I am, I'm very proud of my little merchandise store, and I'm going to go on Stephen Colbert's show next week, December 7th, and I am very proud because as the, you know, this this whole experience has really turned me, I've become very isolated. You know, Hollywood's afraid of me, and I'm blacklisted, and blah, 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 I can't get work, and I may frankly be uninsurable, and, you know, all this other stuff, and it, you know, I, Unfortunately, I need to tell people it's not anywhere over for me. So people would think like, woo, that must have been a tough week. Um, and so what I'm proud of is I've spent the last couple of years with a lot of money buying back my entire library. So I am very big on being a proud, out, out and proud businesswoman. So I now own every episode of My Life on the D-List, all of my 23 stand-up comedy specials, my two-season talk show, and I'm going to be releasing them on iTunes and wow. just hoping to put a bunch of laughter out there for people. So, you know, for 99 cents or whatever, or if you, if you miss my life on the D list or one of my specials, or if there's a special that you, you know, you can't find on Netflix or something, I'm going to put it all out there. And I'm not saying it's going to make me a ton of money, but in my little way, in my little protest, put it out there and maybe somebody needs a laugh. So I'm, I'm glad to have gone through that process and own it because, you know, that's that's a that's a big gender thing. You know, in in my industry of television, a lot of guys have licensing and ownership, and women almost never do. So it's something that I want to kind of shout from the rafters. And I, by the way, trust me, I will get more blacklisted. I'll get more heat for it, but I don't care. I want women to know. And I want young folks to know uh, that this can be done. And my big message in life is. You know, long after I'm gone, I want young folks of color or gay folks or young women to go, you know what, that 58-year-old broad took a beating and and kept on going. And, you know, if nothing else, I want them to see at least I didn't go down, you know. So I'm doing whatever I can to stay out there, be funny, make people laugh. And that's, that's what I love doing. Mindless entertainment and laughter is the best medicine. Kathy Griffin. The best. Yes. Kathy Griffin, I so appreciate you for taking your your time and talking with me with On the Record with April Ryan. You keep on chugging and doing what you got to do out there. Um, Every voice counts. Um, Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But we try to, at at the end of the day, do the right thing. So I appreciate you so much, Kathy. Well, I appreciate you, April. You are you are quite literally, I'm not being hyperbolic, you are an American treasure. And I thank you for your work, and I thank you for your persistence. And you are a hero, and you're an example. So, thank you. Why? Because, because I know how to just be quiet and just say, okay, and take it. Is that what it is? Oh, I've seen a couple times when you weren't so quiet, lady. And I love it. I love it. All right, Kathy. Fantastic. I appreciate you. All right, American Treasure. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.